Genre. everyone and welcome to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, the daily podcast where we are watching the 1990 live action Turtles movie one, uh, I don't know, spiritual, projecting, astral, incredibly minute morbid minute at a time. <laughs> I'm your host Scott Toffey, with us as always are Chris O'Connor, yo, Rachel Gatlin, hello, and Adam Sheehan, hey, hey, and hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Joining us once again is uh, our, our very special guest from Disney Animation Minute Essentials over at Dueling Genre, Mr. Andrew Dorowski. Hi, Andrew. Welcome Hello. back. Uh, you I'm, having I'm, fun I, so far? I, I'm here for the sad minutes. Like, uh, I, I'm a sucker for the sad <laughs> stuff. Some people watch horror movies. I want to watch sad movies. So this is Aww. this is what I'm here Prince for. Terabithia. I, so on uh, on Neverending Minute, I was a guest, and I picked like by request. I picked the minutes where our text dies. No, oh, uh, you're no. a self-hating kind of person. There, what it's is just, that all something, about? There's something so juicy about tragedy. He wants to feel <laughs> the feelings. Yeah. There is a beauty in pain, so let's let's delve right into it. We're in minute number sixty-two today. Uh, minute sixty-two starts with uh, Donna Tangelo uh-huh. uh, hearing the words of their father slash uh, teacher, and you know, and he actually says a bit about in. the force. Yeah, and ends with uh, a pan down to a foggy New Hampshire farmhouse. Or we can assume it's New Hampshire based on the context provided to us from the 1984 comic series. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's let's talk about the the continuation of Splinter's speech here. So um, right out the bat, we get my final words. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Wait, prophetic. Before, don't before we he gets think? to that, he's talking about oh, like okay. this force and everything, and he says, "I gladly return it to you." Like, I don't think that makes sense. Oh, you know what? Let's yeah, that's a good point. So he says, um, oh my goodness. What does he say specifically? Something about um like this force this, has brought me here and I return it to you. And it's the same thing that yada 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 something else. So at the, the end force of the that minute, binds you. He kind of hints that maybe this force is actually just love. Maybe. Mhm. Um this is just Star Wars. Yeah. But they did it because of their minds. Yeah. Are they- Shared delusion. Okay, quick it's question. Like- Go ahead. Is so they all have their eyes closed. So is Splinter in fact appearing in a fire to them? <laughs> or are they, are, they just missing their, it? are they getting this in their minds? Their eyes are closed, so they're not actually seeing the projection. Are they just like, like if hearing Casey his voice or are they by. having like a vision? And this is a representation oh. to the audience. If That's Casey and question. April walked by, they'd just be like, Well, they're being awfully quiet. Yeah, or they're like, "Oh yeah. my God, there's Splinter, guys! You're missing it. Your eyes are closed. <laughs> Open your eyes, you'll see him." Because, like, well, Casey like, would be like, "Oh my God, who's the rat?" Because he's never seen Splinter, right? True. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Oh, this but leftover like, anchovy pizza from yesterday is so salty. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've always kind of wondered, like, are they like, is this just a representation to the audience of what they're kind of experiencing in their minds? Or I think so. 
I, I that's so. sort of how I interpret it. I don't think that Splinter is physically actually appearing through the flame. I think but, he's more. Although, uh, what about for Blue kids? Fire? Is Blue Fire actually happening? Because their mm. lighting is blued out. Like, yeah. So, although did they for actually kids, cause kids would be like, I see this Blue Fire jets. I don't. I, I don't have an answer for that. I, Adam, what do you think? That's that's a that's a that's a head scratcher. It's a weird one because yeah, it's like, I mean, if they are having a vision in their head, how would you visually represent that on film? I mean, it at least has to be interesting. They can't all just be sitting there. If with a their ghost eyes appears in a room, but everybody's eyes are closed, did it happen? Yeah, this is um, a weird because shot. like because they've done weird stuff like this when he was like telling the story about them. That's what I like. You guys talked about that where they like jump yeah, in they, and they have kind of like a void. weird lighting void. So yeah. they could go back into that void. That's true. Kind of like when they were cutting back in on their own flashback. Yeah. All right. I remember that. I, I, I kind of remember. I, I don't want to say I remember the first time seeing this because that's not even true. But like, I, I feel like it's almost hinting that he might be dead and this is his ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I never got that well, impression. Uh, and again, when he says my final words, that kind of, you know, it that's a pretty morbid way to phrase anything. It's like, oh, by the way, this is the last thing I'm ever going to say to you. <laughs> Raphael, yeah. you've switched off your targeting computer. What's wrong? <laughs> Shut up, Master Splinter! I, I saw the second movie. A few movie, us out here for nothing. I saw the second movie way before I saw this. And so oh, it was okay. never even a concern for me. I'm like, oh, well, he, he oh, I guess, thinks go. he's going to die. Like, he doesn't think they can save him. But yeah, then this is the yeah. motivation for them to go save him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I also like, and this is... They totally didn't land before time this. If you remember, <laughs> Leonardo comes in... Last week, we talked about him saying, Splinter's alive. I don't think. I know. Yeah. Oh, so okay. Leo is very confident that this is Splinter alive speaking to them from you know, some other physical time. location. Quantum the astral plane. Because yeah. this is just X Men. You guys ever see <laughs> spooky uh, action at a distance? Uh, Beverly Hills Ninja <laughs> <laughs> with Chris Farley and Chris yep. Rock. Yeah. Yep. So the astral projection. It, I always sort of picture it happening, kind of like it does in Beverly Hills Ninja, where like I don't know. I don't want to explain. it. Just go watch it. If you haven't seen Beverly Hills Ninja you, you, or you're Kung Pao, out. Go Enter the it. Fist. I think my yes. fundamental astral projection stuff is from Jackie Chan Adventures. <laughs> oh my god oh, yes. i love that show that was a good show god remember when jackie chan was popular enough to get a saturday morning cartoon he's he apparently is still really popular he's still in very China. popular he's still I would very popular he worldwide yeah. it's just you know he's he's sort of retired from his well he's stopped with kind of his old his his previous style of movies and like uh what's the name of the one that he's he's doing that's coming out in like october well it might actually be coming around out right around the time we release yeah, this it's i the can't former, remember what the name of it is but it's he like is, like him in in the uk out for revenge it's, and it's a little like bit like jackie, jackie chan, chan starring taken. in taken yeah to a degree it's a very yeah. serious like him and liam neeson are going to team up and kill everybody which mm-hmm. makes me excited because like, I'm going to be honest, Jackie Chan's turn in the Jaden Smith Karate Kid movie was very impressive. His portrayal of, of Mr. Miyagi was <sighs> pretty darn good. I mean, Jackie yeah, Chan is, is like fundamentally <laughs> great. 
We can I'm not saying that. it's a great movie, Chris. Well, that's the thing. No, I'm. I I think that movie was actually fine. I think it was a good. It was a good movie. But the guy who wrote the the original, I'm pretty sure it was the same guy who wrote the Karate Kid, and who wrote Never Back Down, which is basically mixed martial arts Karate Kid, mm-hmm. and okay. uh, and then this was Kung Fu Karate Kid. But because of name recognition, they're like, we're going to call it the Karate Kid again, which it really hurt it. They shouldn't have done that because it's yeah. not karate at yeah, all. Maybe no. if the kid learned karate, that would be a good title. But, <laughs> yeah. but you know. you're in Kung China. Kid? You're very clearly <laughs> learning kung fu. Like there, it's a wushu tournament. It's not karate. <laughs> Stop it. There, there's also this this little line in in Splinter's monologue. It's a, it's a stupid thing, but he says he says like draw upon each other. <laughs> And I'm like, does, is he telling them to get tattoos? Like, <laughs> like I just get this image of Sewer Mikey tattoos. like drawing on Raph with a with like a big yellow crown. Or just henna tattoos. <laughs> yeah. I like but, that party roll. If you fall asleep with your shoes on, it's it's oh okay. No. If other people draw on you. I I, I had a really great one of those once. This kid fell asleep at a house party, and I started drawing on his face. And then he woke up, and I froze, and everyone in the room froze. And then I started singing a lullaby, like I was like da 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 da. And then the kid fell back asleep, and I kept drawing on him. It was beautiful. It was like one of those real life Bugs Bunny moments that you just like you couldn't write. It's it just you know, I love it. I love stuff like that. Let's let's move our way through this minute here. Great story. You know, talking about turtles. That's what we're here to do. I love you all, my sons. Yeah, I, I, number one, I get the idea that the, this force that Splinter is speaking about is the, the bonds of brotherhood or the love of family. Um, but Mm. there's a couple of interesting visual things happening here. Aside from, you know, the whole holographic Splinter thing, which is pretty cool, we are paired up on the left side of the screen with Leonardo and Raphael, and on the right side of the screen with Donnie and Mikey. I am struggling to think of an instance in this movie where Leo is paired with anyone other than Raph or Donnie is paired than anyone other than Mikey. Like those two groups of of brothers seem to stick pretty close to each other thematically anyway mm. in this film. Well, there, there is the there is the turtle wax joke, which is a a, a Mikey and a Mikey Raph. Raph. Yeah. That's true. The Mikey Mikey. <laughs> I. Have you guys talked What's at all about like the stuff that's in TV tropes' section on the Ninja Turtles and like the four humors and their balance as characters in that in that kind of have not template? I, I, not no. specific. We have sort of talked about the how these four personality types show up a lot in different uh, franchises in the eighties and nineties, but I don't mm-hmm. know that we've specifically addressed that. Enlighten us, please. Well, so if you go to like the TV tropes page on the Ninja Turtles, you'll find all this stuff. But one of the big ones is associating them with like the four humors. So like uh choleric, phlegmatic, sanguine and blood or something like that. Um oh, sanguine. And, and that's how they um interact with each other kind of matches that. But you can also do it with like a, a number of like four quadrant layout things and in that there's i remember reading it okay let me go back to like the first time i read it story time so there was a girl who i wasn't dating but she thought we were dating and oh uh, whoa 
It was, it was really awkward. Wait, that's suddenly really interesting to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody's had that situation. We yeah, were hanging out a yeah. lot, but I was not, like, putting my arm around her or demonstrating affection. And then one time she was like, uh, like, aren't you going to walk me to the door? I'm like, why would I? Because we're dating? No, we're not. <laughs> we're just having lunch. Um, oh, oops. no. And then she said it was a really nice six weeks, but I was like, I don't know. Um, but you do a good job at relationships, even when you don't think you're in them. Um, but there was a point and it was like early on, it was like one of these flags that was like an indicator. It's like, okay, like I'm, I know I'm not going to pursue. Cause she said the third Ninja Turtles movie was the best one. I was like, no, that's a warning. That is an unpopular opinion. It was, it it was a real warning (laughs) sign. Cause like I could understand the second one, but like, it's definitely the first one. Um, but she brought up like comparing it to sex in the city specifically. And then she like gave me the link to the TV tropes thing. Because there's like four people in Sex in the City, right? Yeah. Okay, um, all right, yeah. yeah. Okay. And apparently they line up. Like, there's the fun one, the angry one, the smart one, and the leader who's kind I of a killjoy. Thought of that, yeah. Um, and I'm really more of a Miranda, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, yeah. Kind I, I of. Just, just kind of pulled that out. Of no, mind. that's no, actually, and it's the same are. thing in uh, it's the same thing in uh, Three Musketeers. D'Artagnan's like the brash, mm-hmm. impulsive one. Um, I wish I could remember Athos, which... Porthos, Aramis. Athos, I remember their names, but I can't remember which one was the drunken, happy one. You know, like Michelangelo. And uh, then there was the one who... Porthos there was the... is, is Porth- the drunk, and... happy one. Er- and then there's the uh, one who used to be like the, the commanding leader. And then, and then there's the guy who Aramis used to be is the, a, uh... is the priest. Priest, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that would be like the Donatello. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And so anyway. she she directed me to like the TV tropes page, and. I was like reading up on it. I was like, oh, that is really interesting. And there's a, an extensive section on, on the Ninja Turtles and TV tropes and how like their relationships interact. And it's like, well, because of their characteristics and like typically from stories, you see that like the Donatello type usually interacts very well with the Michelangelo. And Donatello's unique because he actually never really has conflict with the other two, even though Raph and um, Leonardo pretty much only have conflict. And okay. so there's like this, this interesting sense. like dynamic, but it's like, if you think like you can picture Donatello interacting with all of them and not having conflict. And so that that's very really true. Well. True. Yeah. Um, and it does happen. So I feel like we're missing a golden opportunity here. What's that? Can we wow. figure <laughs> out which comes. member of sex in the city each turtle is? <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen any sex in the city. So I have Leonardo, never watched sex in the city. So I Leonardo can't do it. is sort who's, of, who's like the confident, leader. but, Kind but of still joy. sort of unsure of his abilities, I would say, is maybe, maybe, uh, 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 not Samantha. Who's the, the, the dark-haired one? Charlotte. Charlotte. I think maybe Leo's a bit of a Charlotte. Charlotte? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, Charlotte's kind of the, the prissy, like, um. Kim Cattrall is Raphael, right? Proper one. Um. Oh, yeah. Raphael is definitely a Samantha. Bam. <laughs> the angry <Yeah>. one. <laughs> Although, wait a minute. No. Raphael might be a Miranda. (laughs) Michelangelo (laughs) might be a Samantha. Samantha I believe Donnie is probably a Carrie. Yeah, Carrie's very capricious (laughs) and smart and um, Splinter's obviously Mr. Big. I mean, wait a minute. I didn't go to the theater and watch the Sex and the City movies all by myself. What am I talking about? So where do the turtles fall on the Golden Girls scale here? Oh boy. 
No. Uh, Michelangelo I, I, is going to be Rue McClan. Uh, is no. Is uh, no. Betty White. Uh, who, was, who was it that was always talking? Betty White was the one who was always talking about her ta- growing up in her town somewhere in like North Carolina or something. And well, then, B. Arthur uh, is Raphael. Mm-hmm. B. Uh, Which one's uh, Rue McClanahan? Rue McClanahan. She was the slut, right? She was the, yeah. the slutty one. Oh, I feel I thought, like oh, she's... that's right. B. Arthur was the tallest one, right? Like the leader yeah. of the group. She's the and kind it was of like her mom. One. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, she's rap. <laughs> I feel like Rue McClanahan was probably Mikey. Is that the okay. party Estelle one? Getty is probably Donnie, and Betty White is probably Leonardo. No, no. Betty White had this stupid innocence about her, though. Yeah, I almost would put Betty like White in the Michelangelo yeah, she category. Yeah. God, we are just we are getting into the. <sighs> Dissection of character here, like no one ever you. really All expected. Right, I'm that now let's go you, with the, the defenders. TV, the TV trope section is fantastic. <laughs> I actually just saw a thing about the defenders using them as the uh, three musketeers. That's why I knew their names off the top of my head. Awesome, awesome. So it was D'Artagnan was Iron Fist, so that means Michelangelo, right? That makes sense. That's awesome. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that also and then, fits. Um, Aramis was Daredevil, the religious one. Yeah. Okay. And so that's Donatello. I don't love that. I kind of thought that that uh, like Daredevil is like the leader. He's Leonardo. That makes sense. But but he's also the religious. He's the one. responsible, self sacrificing one. Raphael would be um, Jessica Jones. Jessica sure. Jones. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. And that would mean Donatello is Luke Cage. Yeah, that fits. I'd buy that. He's he's thoughtful. You know. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. doesn't have much conflict. Yeah, he's yeah, the one that's he, not going to He's, he's easygoing, you know, he's, he can roll with it. Mm-hmm. He, he's a pretty cool dude. He can yeah, do uh, machines. <laughs> <laughs> Luke Cage does machines. Oh, yeah, he fixed, remember that episode, he, like in, in, in his own show, he fixed like the washing machine. There it is. Yeah. There we go. Okay, do there we, we have any other teams of four that we want to project onto the turtles? Uh, it, it was fun. Um, when I was a guest host on Decline of Western Civilization Minute, we did uh, the four turtles uh, characteristics to the members of Black Flag. <laughs> that was kind of fun. <laughs> I've never seen that movie. <laughs> oh, man. Um, let's, let's keep going through our own film here. Yeah, so we're still, we, in, we're still in the campfire scene. We're yeah. still in the campfire scene. I want to point out the amount of crying that Michelangelo is doing. Yeah. It's oh, like the other turtles yes. seem visibly moved, but Mikey is like really He's, he's breaking down. He's like I reaching over took, to Donatello. I always took Mikey to be the youngest brother. So maybe he's, he's just... A scared little kid in that moment. Yeah. yeah I think he just wasn't ready for and it. His, his yeah. earlier... His earlier shows of apathy, you know, like when, when like Donatello's like, you know, trying to ask him when they're talking, when they're waiting on the pizza guy and he's like, oh, did yeah, you ever think about like, you know, not having him around and stuff? It's and denial. Mikey's it's avoidance. Like, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Like, and the, like yeah. The, the goofy and ones that, are always the ones that it hits the hardest. Yeah. He's, um, he's not emotionally intelligent enough to comprehend what's going on. And this is the sort of his awakening right here is Michelangelo. Uh, uh, grasping and coming to terms with the fact that their father figure is 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 a finite creature is you know not going to be around forever. He's been you know this this has been postponed for the whole movie and all of a sudden it's hitting mm. him all at once. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't want my son to realize I'm going to die. <laughs> oh man, Chris, and, why do you always got to make it personal and sad? <laughs> Sorry, it's <Yes. laughs> weird. Um, and Raph seems almost joyed by this whole thing. Yeah. 
I, yeah, I think Ross really just happy. enjoying the chance that he had to have like a reconciliation with Splinter. Yeah. yeah. Especially because he had, had his a lot of cathartic like release for him. Yeah. This yeah, is this what, is the moment where Raph. he gets to you know see his father again after all the you know the like the, the like, screw ups and the like how uh, Peter Parker would feel if he did actually get a chance to tell you know Uncle Ben is like I'm sorry about exactly. yelling exactly mm-hmm. yeah yes yeah. uh, Leo uh, before the before the end of the minute he's he's like sticking his nose way up in the air while Splinter's still <laughs> finishing the speech <laughs> like his posture is a little odd he's about to fall asleep. <laughs> He is. He may seem like he's taking it most seriously. He seems like he's taking it the most seriously of all of them. But really, he's just about to take a nap. (laughs) Can we? There's a there's a shot um, about 51 seconds in of Michelangelo, you know, putting his hand on Donatella's face, and those like the brothers are like physically connecting and emotionally connecting. Like it's a really tender moment. Raph and Leo hold hands in kind of a weird. Like it's sort of an odd way that they hold hands yeah those two definitely do the hug where they slap each other on the back <laughs> bro hug yep so andrew are you familiar with like all the other ninja turtle movies also like the the sequels and the cgi movie and the michael bay and all that um stuff? not i i own discs of the four that are in this continuity i never okay. really experienced the tv <laughs> show and i went to the theater to watch the first michael bay one and then i was just like i can't let them have money again um. So here's my question for you, um, and I'd like to wrap up this this minute so we can get on to the next ones. But my last question for this minute is sort of uh, uh, this: Do any of the other versions of Ninja Turtles do the family dynamic as well as this movie does? I'm I'm like very confident in saying no. All right, because mm. like I actually so when the Michael Bay one came out. I was writing kind of like volunteer for a discontinued pop culture blog. And I wrote the longest post I ever wrote about how they did a bad job adapting like the turtles in character and like their (laughs) relationships and stuff. And so like, I'm, and I was comparing it predominantly to this film. Um, because this is, I like, this is the best one. Oh, hands down. (laughs) Yeah. Even though We've I, I said, grew up more with the second one, but like once I like achieved access to this one, this was like I was watching it a lot, like a lot, like a like a chunk of it every day for a long time for probably a couple months. I would just kind of recycle and watch like half hour at a time. Are you are you a comic book guy, Andrew? I am, but I've never read any of the Ninja Turtles. Oh comics. man, you you if you love this movie, and I we've often said that this movie has no business being as good as it is. If you love this movie, <laughs> go back and get like the first twelve issues of the eighty four Ninja Turtles comic. Get a collected edition because you're gonna read it and be like, oh hey, <laughs> look where look where this came from. <laughs> it's great. Um the the last shot of this minute is a slow pan down on a foggy morning. Uh, New Hampshire farmhouse, but I guess we'll talk about that more next minute. Uh, make okay. sure you catch Andrew at Disney Animation Minute Essentials at Diz Minute on I Twitter. That's D I S. I got two things though. Go, Chris. Before we finish all the plugs, first, the rooster crows. This farm hasn't been active in years. Where's this rooster? Like, what is just a wild rooster? Oh. Oh, whatever. Maybe so, they're near then, another farm. 
Maybe, free range roosters. But that'd be a pretty. That would no, be wait, some pretty she says close the together farms. Are like eight miles, aren't? Yeah, yeah. She, yeah, she says they're they're far away. And then my other thing was uh, just a, 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 a question to everybody: uh, What's your favorite campfire campfire scene from movies? Ooh. Oh right. Ooh. All right. We did talk all right. About favorite. That. I'm gonna. I'll go. One. I'll go first, and I'll let everyone else think about it. So my the only one I can really think of off the top of my head is the campfire scene from Three Amigos where it is set against a very obviously matte-painted background <laughs> while they are singing to uh, Ned Niederlander or Martin Short. <laughs> Good night, Ned. That's the first one I thought of. Oh yeah. All right. Uh, Adam. Oh, Rachel, go ahead. I'm going to go with the Secret Garden. Um, It was one of my favorite books as a kid, and I did really love the movie. And the scene happens when. So the whole movie is like full of sad children, and then the the campfire scene is they're finally able to go outside, and this one kid has this really terrible relationship with his father, and they decide to have a séance to, you know, put the magic out into the universe to get this kid's father to come back. And it's just a cool scene that I loved when I was a kid. Anyway. <laughs> Adam? Uh, blazing Saddles. <laughs> oh, you took it from me. You took it from me, I was, you I was thinking, thinking I was like, oh man, I don't think I have one. And then that popped in oh, my head. I was like, oh man, that's right. so good. Because it's such, it's such a cheap joke. But it gets me every time. I mean, for those of you, is who that the one seen... where they're just farting, eating yeah. beans? Yeah. yeah, they're just yeah. eating beans and farting. But yeah. it's that's just a, so funny. One. See, I, I did something nice and heartfelt, and Adam goes with farts. <laughs> that movie, oh. though, like every beat of that movie is funny. No, uh, Mel, uh, Mel Brooks, w- w- like he's just a genius, and that was like the peak of his power. We'll never get comedy like that in that style again. <laughs> no. Yeah. All right, Chris, you were gonna go bra- Blazing Saddles. Also, I was gonna go with Blazing Saddles and be a smartass. There are a lot of great like campfire scenes in movies uh man like there's so many like all, westerns almost almost every western has a campfire scene you know like a lot of the horror movies the slasher movies like uh you know uh friday the 13th has has a bunch of those uh campfire scenes telling the stories about jason killing all the campers in the last movie um i think uh if he took that one away from me the one in <laughs> the one in kill bill is really good mm. Mm-hmm. Oh with, yeah, okay. with uh, David Carradine like playing the flute and telling the story. I wish I could remember exactly what the story was, but it was the, it was the story about the master who did like the the strike like the the five steps of death thing, right? Yeah. That's where he explained that. Right. Yeah, that was yeah. so good. That was um, really good. Andrew, how about you? I I'm, I'm having trouble like thinking of real campfire moments. So the thing that's coming to mind is sort of like a modern. Not campfire, but campfire moment at the same time, and it's in Pacific Rim. Hmm. There's a moment where, um, like, the two main pilots have been kicked out of the lunchroom because nobody wants to sit by them, basically. And so they go sit near the the Jaeger as it's being disassembled, and the and part of the chess piece comes off. And so they have like a campfire lighting, and they're just having a quiet yeah. conversation. <laughs> and like that's a camp, that's a modern campfire moment. Yeah, it's like a, a futuristic one. dystopian campfire kind of thing. I mean, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. All right. All right, Chris, good prompt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone, we will catch you next time on Minute 63 here on Ninja Turtles Minute. Uh, for the crew here, we will say good evening. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Cowabunga. Yeah.